Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Rob created a lot of a lot of caveats here to try to help Mike Evans' cause as we were doing this. The reason we are talking about this is Jeff Darlington says that Mike Evans makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs, and I actually agree. I'm pro-Mike Evans here. Let's get to Mike Evans, though, though. This is the most interesting one to me of all, perhaps of the offseason in general. If the Bucks can't lock him up and he does commit to going elsewhere, the Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely be per- pursuing nice. Mike Evans. To me, we should not forget. I understand the dynasty that is the Chiefs. I talked about how they can morph into many different things. But we should not forget the middle of the season. We should not forget the league-leading number of drops that the Chiefs face. I don't know that it is sustainable to do what they did in this postseason. They've got to go get weapons, and Mike Evans should be absolutely at the top of their list. He would be a game-changer for Patrick Mahomes. All right. And you guys know that my stance is I don't believe that Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. Now, I do believe that Mike Evans will probably get in because he has put up a lot of good fantasy football numbers over the course of the years, and he has been a good receiver for a long time. So that means that he will probably get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like that, that, That's probably what it means. You guys know that I am really, really big on did you make the all-decade team, and he did not make the all-decade team and didn't really come close to making the all-decade team. The four wide receivers that made the all-decade team were Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and Julio Jones. Now, Rob told me I can't put Larry Fitzgerald or Calvin Johnson on this list, even though they played at the exact same time as Mike Evans. I also can't put Justin Jefferson on the list, even though Justin Jefferson is currently in the same league that he is in. And about to sign a brand new contract extension. Same thing for Jamar Chase. Two wide receivers who are better than Mike Evans. So, Rob, you really tried to hamstring me here. And you really created a lot of caveats so I can put Mike Evans seventh on the list. So, these are the wide receivers that I come up with because it was a really different argu- a difficult argument. Like, I would say the best version of Odell Beckham was better than the best version of Mike Evans. But I would never argue that Odell Beckham has had a better career than Mike Evans has had. Mike Evans has been healthier. He has been more consistent than Odell Beckham. So I did not include Odell Beckham. This is my list. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, and uh, Jackson from the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson. Those are my 
seven wide receivers using your criteria that I have is better than Mike Evans. Real quick, why on earth is Keenan Allen ahead of him? Keenan Allen has less yards, less touchdowns, one more Pro Bowl. I'm willing, like to, I'm willing to let Keenan Allen slide. I feel like Keenan Allen has been better than Mike Evans, but the numbers probably would not suggest that. I'm willing to at least concede that, that Mike Evans has probably been better than Keenan Allen, even though I would argue that Keenan Allen's peak has been equally as good as Mike Evans, but he has dealt with injuries. So you know what? I'll cross Keenan Allen off the list. Also, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson, who has less touchdowns. I'd rather have the best version of Deshaun Jackson than have the best version of Mike Evans. Works, I'd rather have that. If, if you were telling me the best version, I'd much rather have him. Deshaun Jackson has less Pro Bowls, has less receptions, less yards, less touchdowns. It, come on now. If if it's just based on, hey, the Hall of Fame is going to be Carrington's feel for how good they were, that's fine. But I these criteria have I'm to matter. I'm not arguing that Jackson should – I'm not arguing that I'd put Deshaun Jackson in the Hall of Fame. You and I both watched the league at the same time. He Wh- was which not player, better which than player Mike Evans. were you more afraid going up against? Mike Evans. What player commanded more respect from the defense? Would you rather go up against prime Mike Evans or prime Deshaun Jackson? Mike Evans is a better receiver. Deshaun Jackson only had five 1,000-yard seasons. There is no – Deshaun Jackson might be first team all name, doesn't match the game. Oh, people just we're, not, like, we're not doing this with Deshaun Jackson. People just like that he was the deep threat on the Eagles, but really – Yeah, and he was an elite deep threat with the Eagles he? at that. Was yes, he? Yes, he was a, he was a dangerous dive, deep threat. Let's dive into his numbers. He got 1,000 yards five times ever. Mike Evans is at 10 straight. Stop it. Deshaun Jackson is notable because he came from Cal. He and Andy Reid had a nice marriage, and he was the first good wideout he had had since T.O. in a major market. But dive into his numbers, Carrington, and you tell me that he's a star or he's better than Mike Evans? Stop it. I'd rather have peak Deshaun Jackson he than He made the Pro Mike Bowl Evans. three times. Do you know Everyone makes the Pro Bowl. Everybody does make the Pro Bowl. Except for Matt Stafford, everyone (laughs) makes it. Everybody makes the Pro Bowl. He made it three times ever. Stop it. The text line is saying that he's also better than Jamar Chase. No chance. No, I would take Chase. Yeah, I'd rather have Jamar Chase than have Mike Evans. Chase also has a lot. Of, uh, I would. I took Chase out of the equation here for this reason. There's yeah, still so we much. had to take. We had to take. You Play. couldn't. I couldn't get Calvin Johnson, even though they his peak overlapped the same with Mike Evans' peak, and then you wouldn't give me Rob in today's NFL. Calvin Johnson's already in the Hall of Fame. I'm not giving you a guy who had a thousand He's yards. He's in the all-decade team in the same time frame as Mike Evans. Mike they play Evans. in the same era. Mike you Evans. can't be drafted in 2014. You had a chance to be on the all-decade team. You weren't good enough to be on the all-decade team. Calvin Johnson retired in Mike Evans' second season in the league. Stop it. Those aren't the same. Calvin Johnson put up a thousand yards when Mike Evans was at Rivals.com for A&M. That's not the same era would you rather have peak chad ochocinco or have peak mike evans can i push that's probably a push okay i'm just curious also text line brought this up and i echo it if you have andre johnson in your hall of fame you can't snub mike evans. andre johnson was better than mike evans no accolades this is the thing that. that upsets me nope. about mike evans this nope, is why nope, i'm nope. so passionate no one ever argues the player when they talk mike evans it is just the numbers he is he is wide receiver Phillip Rivers. That's who he is. The only difference is one of them got to play with Tom Brady and the other one didn't. Mike Evans has never made a catch that you remember. 
The Chiefs have played Mike Evans five times. You have never gone, and we've never had a topic. Man, I don't know, man. Mike Evans could beat you because he's never beat anybody. He does not have one memorable play, one memorable moment. He has just been a number. He has been a healthy number one receiver in the best era ever to be a healthy number one wide receiver. And Mike Evans is good. That's fine. He's Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin was a good running back. He was just a number one running back when they kept running the ball a bunch. So, yeah, he got 300 carries for 10 years. Well, yeah, you're going to put up good numbers if you just get a bunch of carries over time. If you're a team's number one wide receiver for 12 years, yeah, you're going to get 140 targets every year. He's just he's just Terry McLaurin for the commanders. He's just been healthy the whole time. Except for by your logic, the, hey, if you're the number one wideout in this era of passing, he should have the same numbers as just generic number one wideout, except for his numbers are better than Hall of Famer Andre Johnson. His numbers are somehow better than him, Deshaun Jackson. His numbers are better than Keenan Allen, who you inexplicably had on that list. Okay, I messed up with Keenan Allen. I apologize. I'm just saying. If <laughs> I'm it, willing to argue. If it's just easy to roll the ball out there, get a hundred targets and be a thousand yard guy, easy. then how come his stats are better consistently than everyone you're mentioning? Because he's been healthy. He's he doesn't have any accolades. He doesn't have any accolades. He's never been first team all pro. He's never been Mike Evans has if he's a Hall of Famer, how can you never be in the conversation of being the best wide receiver in the league? You're telling me during your era, Rob, when you went to go when you go get your hair cut at sports clips or fantastic Sam's when they says, hey, who do you think the best wide receiver in the league is? You've never argued Mike Evans was in that conversation. Not one time. Now he's in the conversation of but being one of the greatest the cri- wide receivers that's not ever. the criteria. The criteria isn't as, hey, when you and your buddies were pouring a few bags. It should be. Did you say, hey, <laughs> was Mike Evans top three? That's the only way we judge Hall of Fame. Which, by the way, if that's the way we're going to do it, let's start yanking people out. Because I have some concerns with who's in there already. I want to start. I want to start yanking people out. I'm tired of it and I hate that we're about to move forward and we're about to start putting average players into the pro football hall of fame I don't want to call Mike Evans average he is not average he is a good player it's a very good player that now we're about to put the crown of we're about to put the crown of elite player on Mike Evans even though none of us feel like he was an elite wide receiver we have You have never played Tampa Bay, and you were like, man, I don't know, man. Mike Evans could go crazy and could beat you today. You say that about Justin Jefferson. You say that about Tyreek Hill. Hell, Cooper Cup had a better peak than what Mike Evans had. Now, it might have lasted 30 seconds. It might have lasted like some cheap gum. But, man, there was a time there you knew he was dominant. I'm just saying. And and I'm saying that matters to me in my Hall of Fame. It matters to you in your Hall of Fame. You're right. The made-up criteria, you're just pulling out of thin air and then creating and saying this is the rule. That does matter for your Hall of Fame. But that's not how they judge it. They don't say, did Carrington feel he was top three? Did Carrington feel he was elite? Did Carrington think he was I need to be on the voting committee because if I was in, if I was in the right people would start getting in. Because also it's worth noting you have Terrell Davis in your Hall of Fame and he absolutely was at no point anything you're talking about. Terrell Davis won NFL MVP. Mike Evans has never been first team all pro. He's never led the NFL in yards. He's never led the NFL in catches. Don't talk about Terrell Davis this way. Terrell Davis was good for 12 minutes in the NFL on great Broncos teams. And you have him in lock steady, but a guy who is the peak of performance and longevity. Nope. I'm going to punish you for being good for 10 seasons. Uh Uh-uh. Too healthy. Goodbye. Good day, sir. Only if you crutch your way into my hall of fame, are you welcome? 
<laughs> the text line is very split on this. That's fun to me. Yeah, but I'm, again, none of you, I'm looking at the text line. None of you ever argue Mike Evans the player. We just argue his football card. We watched Mike Evans in real time. It's not like Mike Evans is some old player that we got to, oh, I, you you know what I'm The Chiefs have played, they played Tampa Bay in a Super Bowl. We had two weeks to talk about it. No one was like, man, Mike Evans could go crazy in this game. I'm worried about it. We talked about Christian McCaffrey for two weeks. How worried you were about McCaffrey. Mike Evans is just good. He's just fine. And that's okay that he's just fine. But keep him out of my Hall of Fame. And first off, the text line, stop this Terrell Davis disrespect. Don't co-sign Rob's foolishness. Terrell Davis's peak was fruit stripe gum. The man won NFL MVP and ran for 2,000 yards and was offensive player of the year. And we're going to talk about Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is more accomplished than a majority of your favorite running backs. I will fight for Terrell Davis. Absolutely, I'll fight for Terrell Davis. Coming up on the other side, Steve Spagnuolo was on the station earlier. We'll play the best of it next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Chiefs fans. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. As we take a break from arguing, Robin. Earlier today, Steve Spagnolo joined the station. He was on the midday show with Cody and Gold. You know what I decided? Instead of just playing parts of it, I'll let you hear what the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs had to say. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago. Shout out to my guys from the Amateur Hour, and they were saying that there is not a primarily offensive or defensive coordinator that is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and that they believe that it should be open up for people like Steve Spagnuolo, and I'm inclined to agree. I think that his contribution to the NFL, he has been a part of some of the best defensive performances that the league has ever seen, and people like him should have inclusion in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So earlier today, he was on with Cody and Gold, and their conversation started with what made this group so special throughout the course of the season. I think if, it, if we all look back at it, I think the what we went through two years ago, the 2022 20, season, you know, with how young we were and we kind of built and got better and better. And then it, you know, it culminated in a 
in a Super Bowl win. I think that gives everybody a lot of confidence. So I think when the guys came back, um, they had a lot of confidence in what we were doing. But you add that to the fact that we brought in what I thought was three key free agents, Mike Edwards, Drew Tranquil, and Charles Amenahue. And even though we didn't have Charles for a stretch there when he was suspended, I thought adding those guys in there uh, gave us a huge jump. And I think, you know, we just kind of picked up where we left off uh, the prior year. And, you know, Justin Reed was now his second year in the system. Because remember, when he came two years ago, it was all new to him. Uh, and any, there's always a transition and a learning curve when guys come to new systems. It doesn't matter what the system is. But I just think we were all together. You know, I, I keep going back to this, guys. You've probably heard me say it before. But when the guy in the middle, and I'm talking about Nick Bolton, when he's as high an IQ player as he is, I think it makes all the other 10 guys around him that much better. I think that had a lot to do with it. How often in the season, I, I heard your interview where you were talking about that that third and, and five play that McDuffie comes up with a stop where you guys are able to get the ball back at a time that could have ended the game. How often do you ask Nick in the middle of the game, like, hey, do you think this play is going to work? Because it sounded <laughs> like the, the way you described it was you liked it, you thought it was going to work, but you wanted a second opinion from Nick. Yeah, so there are many times over on the sideline, you know, in between series that Nick and I are having conversations about you know, what he's hearing, seeing, what he likes, what I like, and there's always go between there. Now, that one was a little unique, the situation you're talking about. What helped us was when San Francisco let it come down to the two-minute warning, and you guys know what the commercial breaks are like in the Super Bowl. We have a lot of time there. So, you know, anytime you have extra time to think about it, we had one call that we had made that we were going to run if they ran a play. When it went to two-minute and we had the extra time, uh, the guy, this is what you heard me describe. I had another thought in mind. I went to my fourth down call list and I looked at a call there and I just said, I'm going to see what Nick thinks about this. And when I pressed the button to talk, you know, he can't talk back. He can just hear me, but I was looking for his reaction, his body language. When I asked him and in the minute, I said, how about this? He was shaking his head. He was giving the signal. He was all for it. So if he had a gut feeling, I had a gut feeling and I knew that if both of us felt the same way, it might be something we should do. And, you know, fortunately for us, our guys went out and executed, and it worked out pretty good. We're talking to Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo here on 610 Sports Radio. We also heard after the game, uh, I believe it was Justin Reed had mentioned, that down the stretch of that game, you, know, you guys maybe showed some things that you hadn't used all season long, and, and, and the players reacted to that, obviously, in an extremely positive way. How often, when we're talking about in-game adjustments, it's something that just from the outside we throw there and, and say, man, it seems like, you you might be one of the best at in-game adjustments as a defensive coordinator. I, I guess if you could take us into that thought process and, and why that is something that has been so uh, important and successful for you in this defense. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I think every coach in the league is doing that constantly. We do it a lot. The assistant coaches play a big part in that. I mean, you know, Joe and Brendan and Dave and Donald and Terry and all those guys, Alex and Rod, they're always kind of giving feedback. Uh, it's a collaborated effort. The, the unique thing about this group and what is so special about them is we just felt as a group of coaches that, you know, whatever we fed these guys, they would embrace and run with it. Now, not every group does that. Some guys like to stay in their own little comfort zone and not change things. But this group embraces that because they're a very high cerebral, high IQ group. At halftime in this particular game, when we made those couple of things that Justin Reed's talking about, I mean, they were, they were calls that we had somewhere during the season. We just didn't practice them that week. Sometimes I get a little skittish on, you know, doing something we haven't practiced. But with this group, 
you know that they're going to be able to pick up on it. And when they're nodding their head at halftime about, yeah, let's let's do that, let's try to do this, um, it just makes you feel confident as a coach to call it, and that's what we did. I think I think those adjustments we made, uh, particularly at halftime, helped us in the – I believe you guys would have to check for me, but I think we went three, three and outs in the second half, which was really, really key to get the, keep getting the ball back to Patrick. Um, but that's because we got a group of guys that – embrace change and, and are willing to do anything. It's, it's, it's special to have. I think one thing that stood out about the defense is that there was no weak level defensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, didn't matter. You guys had talent everywhere. I mean, just from that perspective alone, does this make the most talented defense you've ever coached? Uh, that's a tough call. Cause I, listen, I've been blessed to be on a bunch of really good ones in some there at Kansas city. I mean, you know, we had talent in 2019 when we won, it took a little while to get going and then, you know, there were other years and, you know, certainly along the way in New York and some other places. But as a, you know, I keep coming back to this. This is what the difference was for me because I think you can find talent everywhere. Uh, and, you know, Brett does a great job, Brett Veach, get, getting us talent for us. But I'm, I always rely on the, the football intelligence, what I call football get it. And this was the highest number of guys in one group that really had a high IQ or really good football get it. And sometimes you work with units that have, you know, there's, you know, seven out of the 11 starters and the other guys that kind of just, you know, they just, somebody helps them along the way. But this group to a man, they get football, they love football, they're passionate about it. Uh, and they embrace doing anything. And that's a, that's a nice thing to have. Was this game trip McDuffie's coming out party? I feel like here locally, we've <laughs> continued to say he plays at that level, but when you aren't the interception guy spags, Sometimes yeah. people nationally lose sight of you a little bit. We felt like this might have been the best game of his career. I thought it was, too. It's a great point you're making about the interceptions. You know, when he, when he did get that, uh, you know, he, he's an, he was elected as one of the all-pros, right, for this season. Um, well, not pro bowl, but uh, I think the all-pro. Yeah, all pro. yeah. second-team yeah. all-pro, I think. And I said to him after he got that, I said, Trent, that's an extra, to me, that's even more respect than most other DBs because when you do that and you don't have an interception, I think people recognize and respect the work that you're doing because let's face it, a lot of times those teams, right, people look at stats and, and they say, okay, the guy with the highest interceptions, he must be really good, so let's vote him in. But with him not doing that, I thought it was a, an extreme compliment to Trent, his ability and what he does. And I, Listen, you guys have heard me say this before. The one thing about coverage guys is if they're doing their job at an elite level, Sometimes you never hear about them because the quarterback's not throwing it there. And so for Trent to have gotten that kind of recognition, I thought was extreme. I, I still don't understand why LJ doesn't get the same, but, you know, everybody's different. But getting back to Trent, that kid, the key play he made in the end zone was huge. The, the blitz that he made for knockdown was huge. And he has other tackles throughout the game, and he's covering guys. I mean, he's, he's a real key to what we do. Him and all those DBs back there are huge. Just another minute or two with Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, when, we, when we look at uh, this, this particular run that this team is on, it seems like the players already very quickly, not shying away, though, Coach, from, from talking 3 P. What's your reaction to that? <laughs> well, listen, we got, I, think, I think these elite athletes that we have in any professional sport, right, they're prideful guys, and they just believe in themselves. So if that's the next challenge, they're all for it. They love a challenge. This group... And I'm sure every group, I mean, you hear it from basketball players, hockey players, uh, you know, baseball players. The minute they win one, they want to win another. And I think that's great. I mean, we've got to have a goal. And 
that's the next challenge, and that's what we got to shoot for. And we know you're you're obviously at least back uh, for for this three peat run with the contract extension to stay in KC. But we we've been surprised you, you haven't got another crack at a head coaching gig. Is that something that you're still interested in? Well, listen, I'll, I'll answer it the same way I have been. It'd be great. Um, we always embrace it. We just got done talking about pride, and guys, I have some pride too. As a we all do as coaches. So a second chance, yeah, it'd be great. But if not, I always follow up with this. I feel really blessed to, to have the job I have, work for the head coach we have, the organization I'm involved with. So uh, if it's God's will to have a, another head job, great. We'll just we'll put pin our ears back and go. And if not, I'll put every effort into the job that I have right here and enjoy every minute of it. That was Steve Spagnolo earlier today. He was on the Midday Show. I wanted to play it for you guys mostly in its entirety. I didn't want to play cuts. I thought it was worthy of playing the whole thing. Salute to the Midday guys for getting the defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo on the show. And he certainly deserves his flowers for what this defense accomplished. I understand that Patrick's going to get a lot of credit. Andy's going to get a lot of credit. Travis Kelsey's going to get a lot of credit. Hell, Taylor Swift is going to get a lot of credit. Steve Spagnolo deserves a lot of it for what this defense was able to accomplish. And they were the best unit this year in the NFL from start to finish. There was only one team this year that scored more than 24 points against this team pretty consistently. They took away teams' number one options, and they were the best defense, the best unit in the National Football League. So Spags gets to wear the crown for a while as the best coordinator in the entire National Football League. Coming up on the other side, someone wrote a letter to the Kansas City Star. My question is, why do we keep doing this? Keep it right here, Mr. Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's Willie Gay Jr. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Opinion piece that was in the Kansas City Star. Now, I want to be clear here that I don't have any issues with the Kansas City Star. In fact, I like the Kansas City Star and I paid for the Kansas City Star. I'm signed up to their sports page. I got great respect for Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Jesse Newell, great people that work for the Kansas City Star. But as a whole, I want them to cut down on some of the foolishness on social media. And some of the foolishness that they do is if you follow them on social media, they'll put out these opinion stories that you are allowed to post them. And I get it. That is a part of the newspaper. 
but it is very obvious what the intention is, and it is to generate clicks and outrage on social media that just feels very lowbrow to me and not something becoming of a paper that I view the Kansas City star to be. And there are certain hits that they play that we know are going to get you riled up and are going to get people like me to talk about it. And I fall for it every time. And I just don't like it. Like I know at least three or four times during the football season, they're going to post an opinion piece on how you should stop doing the Tomahawk chop it games. And you're right. You probably should stop doing the Tomahawk chop it games. But at this point, everybody has decided how they feel about this issue. So posting another opinion about it is only going to get people fired up and interacting with the page. You know, that's it. About three, four times a year, they're going to post uh, how you should stop saying Chiefs during the national anthem and how it's disrespectful. They do this three, four times a year. We'll be heading into the Super Bowl. And oh, well, we got to fire up one of these old opinion pages. They go down in the basement and they find a, a paper that someone read a, le- a letter that they've, that they've written in the past. And now it's time to post it because it's provocative and it gets people going. Well, you know what? They have found a new trick over at the Kansas City Star, and it's people being upset that the players were drinking at the parade. Here's one of the posts that they had, Rob. I didn't write down the person's name who wrote it. Congratulations to the Chiefs players, the organization, and Kansas City's region for another exciting season and epic Super Bowl win. Reaching the summit of sports calls for celebration, unfortunately, ubiquitous overt drinking, receiving IV fluids for hangovers and public displays of drunkenness with the mouthpiece in front of tens of thousands of people at last reach victory rally are unconscionable and destructive on many levels. Three of our best known and revered players, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones were prominent in their intoxicated states With their position and notoriety, they have the potential to do great good as role models for young people and families. Instead, they choose to make fools of themselves. Why do we as fans and the Chiefs organization continue to condone such behavior? Would any other profession allow and seemingly expect these sorts of actions? If a player is too wasted at the rally to stand steady, speak, or act reasonably, then maybe there needs to be an adult in the room to throw a flag and tell this person to take a back seat. How much harm by undoing the messaging that our youth receive in schools, youth groups, and at home about the dangers of drug and alcohol consumption was done by witnessing the action of these heroes. Alcohol abuse, including binge drinking, has serious personal and societal consequences. There's a lot more than this, but I think you guys get the point of what the letter is. Now, let me start with saying you're right. Alcohol is very serious. And at some point, you should talk to your kids about alcohol and the dangers of alcohol and the dangers of consuming too much alcohol. That is a very serious conversation that every parent should have with their kids. And I also understand the frustration of seeing your kid's favorite athlete up on the stage drunk off his keister. This is my question. This is the third parade that they've had. What did you expect to have happen? 
It's like you went to see Saw 1, and then you went to go see Saw 2, and then you saw Saw 3, and you were complaining about how gory it is. You didn't know what to expect going into it? I'm sorry, parents. If this is your complaint after the third parade, that's a you problem at this point. You continue to sign up to let your kid watch the parade knowing that Patrick Mahomes is going to be gone off those Coors Lights. You see his stomach. This is the third championship parade that they've had. They've been this way every time. I was not surprised at how they were acting on the stage. Not in the least bit. Now, my sensibilities might be a little bit different than your sensibilities. I don't care if they're drinking or not. As long as they are not driving afterwards, you are more than free to get up there and drink as much as you want. I don't care. I really don't care. Now, I will say this, and maybe people disagree. I don't think they should hand you a microphone when you've been drinking like that. Travis, you were drinking all day. I saw you. And for a man your size to be as drunk as you were, you were going hard. You destroyed that bottle of Don Julio 1942. But if you were telling me that Travis Kelsey didn't drive home and they had ample transportation to get him back to his nice house out in Leewood that's got the gated community, hey, Trav, man, have fun. That is certainly your choice to go out there and do it. Rob, my thing is I just I don't know how people are surprised at this point at how they act during the parade. This is not our first one. We've seen this time and time again with their actions at the parade. I didn't expect this parade to be any different than the other two that they have been a part of. Don't you assume some responsibility if you are letting your kid watch the championship parade whether you went down to Union Station or whether you watched it on television, didn't you sign up for the fact that, you know what, Patrick Mahomes might be drinking during the championship celebration? So I don't want to sound like a Karen because I, I'm, I'm fine with drinking. I'm fine with them drinking. They're all over 21. They have rides laid out for them. To my knowledge, there's no... They don't drive back from Arrowhead after they've been to their homes. It is just a party in their name. And if you're of legal age, go crazy, folks. Like, you know, it's not nearly the same. But when things that are good happen in my life, your life, the text line's life, we might have a few cocktails. It's normal to me. But I agree with you. Like, if you are going to put down a bottle of Don Julio 1942, maybe you should not pick up the microphone. Because... Where I, I don't want to say I agree with the article, but where I see eye to eye with the article, let's say it that way, is Travis Kelsey, due to his level of intoxication, did make a little bit of a fool of himself on the stage. But isn't that a Travis Kelsey problem? I agree. And not I'm our not- problem? I, I, I don't disagree with you. If, if I don't think, I think everybody agrees with you. If your point is, yo, Travis Kelsey was way too drunk to be up there. I, okay, that's fair. All I'm saying is they've been like that every single time. Every single time. Every time they have been up there. And maybe this is just society, and I get it. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a really good football player. But we also know that Patrick Mahomes uses language that you also wouldn't want your kid to use, right? We had a whole television show about it where they followed him around, right? 
They had a whole television show where we follow Patrick Mahomes around and he used language that you don't want your nine-year-old kid to use. We know enough about Patrick Mahomes' personal life at this point to say that Patrick Mahomes, you know what? He enjoys an adult beverage. Now, I have no reason to believe that he was driving drunk or that he didn't get home safely. We know this about Patrick Mahomes at some point. So maybe there are some things that you absolutely, Patrick Mahomes has qualities that you want your kid to follow. You want your kid to work hard. You want your kid to do all of these things. But he also has other qualities. Doesn't that just make Patrick Mahomes a human being? Doesn't that just make him a person? There are some things about people that you like. They have other qualities that you don't like and you wouldn't teach the kids. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that means, if anything, I would say that these are the moments that we get the most human being version of Patrick Mahomes that we ever get. Every other one that we get is a very corporate, what they think we want Patrick Mahomes to be. In this situation, I think Pat is, I think that's how Pat is with his friends. I think that's how Pat is in private when he is around people that he cares about, that he loves and he trusts. Rob, how many pictures have we seen with Patrick Mahomes where that man looked faded? His eyes, he was dog. that picture they had on New Year's, the one with him, his wife, Travis, and Taylor. It looked like they all were drinking and having a good time. The Christmas one from Miracle, yeah. Yeah, we know that Patrick Mahomes drinks from time to time. As long as that man is not driving drunk and he is getting home safely, bro, I do not care what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Where I think that's different, and by the way, we're on the same page. My thing about not having him speak is Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, Brett Veach, Mark Donovan, Mitch Holtis, whoever, someone on the stage just said, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not talking. I know you want to talk, but no, 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 no. Microphone's not yours. I have no problem with him drinking. He's a grown up. Drink if you want. That's your hangover the next day, man. If you're not driving, you're being safe. Live your life. But where I think it's different from a Holmes when he has the social media posts where he looks like he's enjoyed a few, or even, you know, we've heard stories on podcasts where, like, I think it was Andrew Santino's podcast. He said he drank or, like twenty some. He, he was said out drank there crushing them bad boys. I think that's Coors Light ain't even that good to be drinking that many of it. Post Malone had the story where he was putting them down all night. Like we know, Can you imagine these... out drinking Post Malone. That's it's really impressive. To cry for help. <laughs> you out drink Post Malone. That's a competitive problem. <laughs> but like we know, all those things exist from stories, hearsay, speculation, social media photographs. I think it's different to see it happen, and I I have no problem with it happening. But I could see how someone would be like. Pat put down a 30th Coors Light. What what are we doing here? And now he's going to go speak to the masses. Probably not the best. Again, I don't have any problem with him drinking. Oh, he spoke. <laughs> Travis Kelsey spoke too. This is the thing I'm seeing on the text line. The text line is, hey, CDOT, Mitch Holtis and everyone tried to make sure that Kelsey didn't get the mic. It's way too many people up there. Travis Kelsey spoke. Rob, he spoke for four minutes. Y'all didn't try that hard to make sure that Travis Kelsey didn't get the mic. That man was drunk. Have you seen the picture when he greeted Nick off the stage? Have you seen that picture? It is, I've seen the video. It's, it's obvious. Like, he goes up to Nick, and he realizes who he is. He then hugs him. And if you have had a drunk friend, he made like a drunk stumble towards Nick, and Nick kind of stepped back because Travis Kelsey is a big human being. He kind of took a step back like, I got to give you your room and your space. They didn't try that hard to keep the mic away from Travis Kelsey. They didn't try that hard. There's way too many people up there in stop gaps that 
Everybody wanted Travis Kelsey to speak at the parade. Everybody did. He spoke last year, fight for your riot. You know, he does all that stuff. People wanted Travis Kelsey to go again. I just think at this point, you just you have signed up for some of it if that's the kind of content that you're going to consume. Again, it is like you went to Saw 1 and Saw 2, and then you went to see Saw 3 and like, wait, there's all this blood? What are you talking about? You saw the first two. You know what you're signed up for. If they win another Super Bowl, and I think that they will, I will just assume that they are drinking. And, and, and if that's not what you want your kid to see, I would encourage you. Know what I would encourage you to do? I would encourage you to maybe go to the parade and stand alongside the route and then not watch at the end or watch it at home on television. And when it's time for them to talk, I turn it off and I would encourage you to watch something else because I'm telling you, alcoholic drinks will be consumed. They had that man, Willie Gay. He was laying shirtless in the street. If I'm being honest, I have no problem with the players drinking. I have a much bigger problem with Bill and Blue Springs drinking the same level and driving home. Of course. That's if... If you want to have an op-ed piece, if you want to have a complaint, a tweet, a Facebook post, you know, you want to post in your caring group about your frustration with the parade and the drinking. They got a group. I'm cool with that if your frustration is, hey, Otto from Overland Park drove down there and he also had 12 Coors Lights and he had to get home somehow. He had to figure out how to get back to Overland Park. Bill and Blue Springs parked on the highway, walked over, had six tank sevens, and he got home that night. How? That cannot be safe. I'm fine with those conversations. If we want to have an event, a parade, a, a celebration where it is, we're going to heavy enforce open container and we ain't litting, you know, Larry and Lenexa drink, but Travis Kelsey wants to, that's fine by me. Cause I know Travis Kelsey based on what the team is doing is getting home safe. I'm not sure about Larry and Lenexa. Text line 913-586-7610. See that. I think it's disrespectful for them to be drunk at a public event. I don't feel disrespected. Now, I'm not saying that you don't feel disrespected. You're certainly entitled to feel that way. I don't feel disrespected. In fact, I don't really care, honestly, that they were drunk at a public event. As long as you don't drive, it does It does not bother me in the least bit what you are out there doing. It, not, I don't care at all, actually, whether they were drinking or not. I don't believe that Patrick Mahomes drunk, drove, drove home. I don't believe that Travis Kelsey drove home or any of the other players. And I think the team knows they're going to be drinking and make sure that Hey, let's make sure that we get them home and we do everything that we need to do as an organization to keep them safe and keep them out of trouble. And as long as they do that, then good. That's, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. More power to them. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but I do want to tell you guys, maybe, possibly, you were right. Some of you don't like the NBA. And one of your reasons for not liking the NBA is they don't try hard. That's one of your reasons. You might have other reasons. Hey, I didn't grow up in an NBA city. Hey, I don't connect to the players. You might have a lot of different reasons for why you don't like the NBA. But one of the reasons you have is they don't try hard, and I don't like that. And as I was watching the All-Star game on Sunday, it hit me. It's over. It's dead. I love the NBA. You guys make fun of me, but I rather watch a random NBA game than a random NFL game. Not talking about the Chiefs, but on a random Thursday night, I don't really have much of an interest of watching Giants and Commanders. Like, I'm okay. I'm fine. But I really enjoy watching the NBA. 
There is such a disconnect, I think, between the average American and the average consumer and the NBA player. And it's like at times you have to twist their arm to get them to go to work. You have to create special provisions. Hey, if you don't show up to work, then you can't be on the all-NBA team. Hey, if you don't show up to work, then you can't win MVP. Hey, well, you can't just play for a couple of minutes. you got to at least play for 20 minutes to qualify. There are so many parameters around getting them to play. And then for the All-Star game, as I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, Rob, I don't need them diving on the floor for loose balls. That's not what I need. The most any player played in Sunday's All-Star game was 28 minutes. You ain't even got to give me a great 28 minutes. Can you give me 15? Can you give me 20? Can you run up and down the court like you give a damn, like you care, like you want to be here? And then after the game, they asked Anthony Edwards, hey, what can you do? He's like, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, this is, this is our break. I mean, I don't really expect it to be competitive. You got Shea Gildress-Alexander, who is currently second for the MVP voting. They asked him about it, and he was like, there's nothing wrong with the All-Star game. If they want us to try harder, then money talks. You make $33 million, and you're 22 years old, and you need more money to go play basketball? I hate it. I hate it, and I hate them. I hate it. I really don't like it. You guys might be right about NBA players. I'm not trying to equate my job to your their job or any of that. But this, they're the only group of athletes that we have to do this with. We don't have to do this with football players. Don't have to do this with baseball players. They don't have to do this with hockey players. Nobody else. Golfers, the NBA player. It's just, it's, it's like pulling teeth to get you to want to go to work. To get you to want to play basketball for a living. You have been afforded all the luxuries, all the Instagram baddies in the world. You guys are so concerned with doing podcasts. Every day I turn up, you guys are on somebody's podcast telling stories. You guys love Kobe so much. Kobe was your hero, wasn't he? You disrespect Kobe every time you step on the floor with your lack of effort. All You got the same Kobe story. How he motivated you. He ain't motivating you to play hard every week, every night, to give your best. Mamba mentality. You're a disgrace. They should have a new rule in the NBA, Rob. If you don't average 10 points a game, you shouldn't go on a podcast. I'm tired of hearing Jeff Teague talk. Stop it. Patrick Beverly, why do you have a podcast? You stink. You've played on five teams in three years. It makes me so angry. I hate the NBA. I'm not watching it for the rest of the regular season, Rob. I'm on a silent protest. I'll be back in the postseason. I can't do it. They piss me off too much. I don't want to do it anymore. Bink's coming in next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.